podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hey guys, I'm Sai and welcome to Ace Podcast Nation. This is Series 2 of our revamped and new look mental health in sports series. This time around, this series is focusing specifically on footballers. We'll be talking to current and ex-footballers about their difficulties with mental health, addiction and similar subjects. In the current climate of the world, uh, talking about mental health issues is more important than ever. These shows are going to be an open and honest account of some of the issues these faced by these athletes uh, in their own words and uh, how it affected their lives and their loved ones. Uh, here at Ace Podcast Nation, we've got many great shows and series featuring expert interviews, top guests, expert analysts, and more. You can check out the video versions of all our shows and series at youtube.com slash acepodcastnation and the audio version of every single show is available at your usual podcast and radio platforms, the links to which are all in the description below. Um, you can find them, find us on social media for more information on upcoming shows, series and uh, guests. So uh, first of all, I'd like to introduce my guest. Uh, well, not my guest, he's my co-host uh, for this series. He's uh, going to be joining me for each episode as we talk to different guests. Uh, he's a mental health support worker. Uh, he's been on the channel and the sh- before. Uh, Mr. Jacob, how are you, my friend? Yeah, good. Yeah, really good. Really excited to be on today. And uh, really look forward to the next couple of sessions we're going to be doing together. Yeah, it's good. So um, so with this series, we're going to basically, uh, we've got five current and former footballers. We're going to talk about their struggles, their issues with mental health or addiction. They've all got obviously different stories, different experiences. Um, and it's going to be just a general, a natural conversation of them kind of telling their story and we're going to jump in here and there and ask questions and, and discuss certain aspects of whether it be mental health or, or addiction. Um, but first of all, for the people who maybe haven't seen your previous appearances on the channel, what what is it that you do? So in my sort of day-to-day work, I work for a community mental health team, NHS team. So I will see people, sort of my day-to-day work will be see people who are struggling with their mental health in the community. So I'll help them with, it could just be their mental health, it could be housing stuff, could be benefit stuff, um, could be education. A lot of stuff we do is around fitness as well, so I'll do some fitness stuff. and then whilst in that sort of field, I run a regular football group that is sort of aimed to help people improve their physical and mental health through sport uh, in our local area. And then what sort of makes it a little bit different is compared to being just a standard football group is we'll have uh, professional footballers join every so often to sort of run a session and then do a Q&A afterwards Well, we'll talk about mental health. and. For us, we just want to sort of normalise mental health and it feel like just friends playing football and then talking about mental health after. Um, and then through doing that, sort of setting that up, um, we got in there into the lovely world of football. So we'll do some mental health education to a couple of local football clubs. Um, and then we work now doing some stuff with a couple of uh, pro players 
where they'll help us so do some outreach stuff so um there's a couple of players that will donate stuff for us to then auction off to raise some money to fund stuff um so yeah that's what i do sort of in my day job but my interest has always been sort of sports and mental health and uh yeah i think our first session i did with you the first ever session was on sort of adhd yeah yeah we did one on adhd and i think that the second one was on the mental health and sport and we mm. just kind of talk generally um and like my aim has always been with all the mental health shows is is trying to raise awareness educate people and um just i'd rather get one view and reach that one person who's struggling and sees like their favorite footballer or sees you know as someone who they recognize or even just me and sees me talking about my struggles or these people talking mm. about their struggles and can relate to it and doesn't feel alone or doesn't feel as alone or isn't like thinks if or if they can deal with it i can deal with it or goes to seek help you know whatever it may be i'd rather have that one person than a million views simple as that and that's the aim um obviously with this series we're going to be talking to uh we've so we've got lined up We've got uh, former Wales international David Cottrell. We've got former Manchester United winger Keith Gillespie. We've got uh, J James Clark, who's the current captain of Warsaw, and uh, a couple of other guests to be confirmed. In uh, in this episode, we're going to be just—it's going to be a lot shorter, twenty minutes or so. Me and you are just going to kind of talk about our hopes for the series and and uh, and whatnot, and just like an introduction, basically. But. Um, should be a couple of interesting guests there just from those three uh mate. yeah definitely i suppose so my background before i suppose uh from running the regular football group uh obviously when covid happened we had to stop running the group uh and then so what we did was set up a regular weekly skype session where each week we'd have a different footballer come on uh join in and get involved in the Q&A and I suppose that got me involved in sort of this sort of stuff where I was doing it yeah. more regularly uh, before I had no experience in doing mm. any of this stuff uh, and then I remember some of the first Q&As we did were like probably very like me going what is your yeah. favourite sporting achievement uh, where now I'm a lot more relaxed and I think uh, then it's got us on to doing sessions where we have sort of celebrity uh, mums who have experienced mental health difficulties and then we do like a specific session for mums struggling with mental health and I think uh, what, when you're talking about sort of helping one person it'd be great to get a million views as well that'd be amazing, but, yeah, uh, be amazing. Um, but I think how it works so I would definitely agree in this you know we can have two people that love football go, oh, this is great. We're just talking about mental health. But I think where it resonates more is having two sort of hosts that have been, got their own experiences. Yeah. So obviously my first session with Sai was me talking about ADHD and how that affected me as a child um, and then growing up as a young adult, not knowing anyone. And I think when we're talking about that sort of shared experience, there's a massive power in hearing someone that has been through similar experiences than you and identifying with them. So my first session was on ADHD, and then I think my my daughter was like probably yeah, just born, think, and yeah, think, you, uh, the first session I think you, yeah, Mrs. was pregnant. Yeah, and, and so now, one, yeah. yeah, a few years down, so I had my our second uh, child, who's uh, my son, and then sort of I noticed the first sort of after the first sort of four months, really starting to struggle. Then so having struggles with sort of depression. 
my mood had gone down massively and I think it was probably for about a year just bumbled along thinking mm. maybe I'm just low you know that's quite normal yeah. maybe tired it's just or... tired um, and because we had a kid not doing so much exercise and it got yeah. to a point where I think I just hit sort of my sort of rock bottom uh, which was sort of really unwell I went to my GP and said look something's not right here I'm really struggling and gone through like um, a questionnaire and scored that I was struggling uh, depression and then I think through that luckily I got that help then but I still had to go through certain things so I remember chatting to someone recently and saying I remember uh, having my son rocking him and looking in the mirror and just seeing not it wasn't uh it was we call it uh in at risk of uh becoming sort of more of a severe mental health difficulty and i can mm. remember seeing like looking at me and not seeing my face and seeing a not very uh pleasant face uh, yeah. and it wasn't just looking at it was yeah, yeah. my mind sort of playing tricks on me and then i remember just being really like oh god this isn't right and then i remember my brother had visited uh, came for some tea and i think my wife and my brother went out for a cigarette and I left with both kids. And as kids do after dinner, they were both crying and just having my first ever panic attack. And I'd been, I'd worked with, you know, for 10 years in mental health and never had a panic attack, but I worked with loads of people that had had panic attacks and gone, yeah. I think I know what a panic attack is. You know, I can imagine it, but until you actually have a panic attack, you oh, have no. no idea what it was. And I remember that fear being, probably the worst fear I've ever experienced and like it really holding me and I remember just having my son in my hands just going I have no idea what yeah even now I'm thinking about it again mm. uh and that fear of just like what am I gonna do what am I gonna do like just rush over me and I remember just thinking I could have probably just gone outside given said look but at yeah. that time you're sort of frozen in that situation I remember just being this real real fear of like what am I doing? Are these kids safe? And real irrational fear, but I suppose that's what panic attacks do. And uh, I said to my wife, I was lucky, I suppose at that time I could say, I just had a massive panic attack. I didn't, I, I didn't know what to do with the kids. I was, they were crying. And, and then luckily she helped me with that. But I probably had about two or three panic attacks and then real sort of real struggle. And I think with men in particular, bonding with children is really difficult. Anyway, it takes on average nine months to build a bond mm. uh, with your child. But I suppose with depression as well, it made things more difficult. So I think then for about six, but only now I'm sort of coming out the tail end of it. And uh, he's about a year and a half. And I've had to do a lot of stuff like we've done some counseling. And I think for me, where it really started, I noticed my mood changed for the better was probably doing exercise so i had to my daughter needs to be picked up from school uh and i probably got not lazy but with that depression you just i got real low and i couldn't even think about cycling uh but i sort of had to go right one day at a time i have to make a if i say i'm gonna pick her up someone's gonna have to pick her up so i picked her up on my bike and then now then getting used to cycling so every week and then lockdown happened uh but just sort of Ju uh, end of july when things started opening back up we set up like a dad's football group just for me to do my personal stuff and luckily with lockdown and all the restrictions it hasn't affected football outdoor football so i've been doing that and i've noticed then 
that's when I noticed everything really getting that exercise uh, as long as as well as taking sort of antidepressants um, and doing other stuff uh, collective approach really yeah. improved my mood so I think when we're looking at when we talked first talked about doing these sessions I said you know it's really important to hear those experiences from the footballers but I think that they're coming from a good place and experience that people you know it's not just us going oh yeah that works we're not just yeah. trying to get a juicy story or trying yeah, to get something out of it. We w- we've seen our own struggles personally or in family members that we want to get something out so we can help more people. And I think for me, uh, I spoke to another guest uh, a couple of weeks ago and I said, only now I can say if it wasn't for my lived experience or struggles with depression, struggles with ADHD, I wouldn't be where I am now. And that's a really happy place. But uh it takes those difficult, really dark moments. And there was dark moments where I was, uh, yeah, very dark. And I didn't feel like I could go to, you know, some people go, oh, go to your family member, go to your partner. And I probably did. I I definitely didn't go to them at those dark, dark moments. Um, And I'm lucky I had a close friend that uh, worked in this field that I could go to and help me out. But yeah, it's, I think it coming from a good place, uh, will make hopefully it more of a genuine podcast of two people that have been there uh, got got the experience and yeah, they're aiming to help people so when we first spoke about doing this i was definitely keen um and i hopefully when like we were saying at the beginning when people listen to it our sort of lived experience will come out when you're listening and you can the people that are listening to either get something from it and realize actually because you know, there might be someone listening to this that is at that stage that I was a year ago, really struggling, and hopefully it could help them. Or it could just be people that really want to learn more about mental health, that maybe young coaches or young players that go, you know, there's not enough support out there for young players or coaches in mental health. So unfortunately, in you know, they're having to learn their own way. So it could be just listen to this, or hopefully it could be, you know, maybe a player, there's a lot of players out there struggling, because they're, they're not comfortable to come out and experience, speak about their mental health. So maybe hearing other pros talk about it might help them as well. Yeah, 100%. I think um, that's a good point you make at the end there about uh, football coaches, clubs, players, um, whether it's about themselves or their employees or teammates. Is like I know from listening to or speaking to David Cottrell previously, like one of the things which was an issue for him was the fact the lack of support at the time mm. um and i think that's something which football clubs now can take a big uh kind of look at is like if you know that there's a player who's drinking but he's performing on the pitch for instance don't ignore the drinking just because he's still doing his job well mm. let's try and help these guys um whether they're young or coming to the end of their career or whatever it may be you know it's we know a lot more about mental health now than we did 10 mm. years ago so let's use that fact yeah um, definitely and i think it's well more like you know i'm a big football fan but i think i'm more you know i have a team i support but i think i'm more of a now grown up and with my experiences more fans of players so yeah. There's a couple of players that I know or we've worked with in the past, so I'll follow them and their teams and hope they score and stuff like that. But I think for some fans, knowing that actually your uh, actions as a fan can have a reaction. So, you know, there's players that will experience a horrendous amount of abuse uh, yeah, and death, death threats, threats and stuff, and stuff like that, that. Oh, and yeah. stuff to their houses and realise actually they're doing a the job. 
they yeah. are doing this job. You know, you get a lot when players go from one club to another, and it could be a rival club, for example, uh, and think, is that rival club playing them a lot more? Would would you, you know, if someone offered you a pay rise or double your pay, would you be willing would to move that? And also understanding if your home, you know, you play for your hometown team and then they release you, and mm-hmm. there's and there's one other club in your city that ain't going to have you because you you play for their rival. You might then have to move your family, you know, an hour long, down the road, you know. And I think people just don't understand that as fans. You see this glamorous world of football and you think, oh, it's amazing. I'd love to be involved in it. And when you actually pull that curtain back, you realise actually... There's a lot of pressure. There's so much pressure. And, and there's a lot of just basic stuff that I don't think clubs are doing. You know, we've spoken to players that in the past that have gone through, you know, divorces... And in any other job, you would you'd hope that the manager would go, you know, you're going through a really difficult time at the moment. Take let's a have a look at your, yeah, have a couple of days, or let's have a look doing. at your workload. In football, it's not that. We're, no. I'm paying you to do this, so you do it. If you can't do that, you're on with the reserves. And I think that brutalness, uh, hopefully, is being is changing. You're noticing it with coaching styles. I suppose the younger coaches just it's not in. Yeah. You don't see it as much. Um, but it's definitely still there, I suppose, in the board level with management of like sort of owners, that older sort of um, traditional, isn't it? yeah, that sort of um, privileged white uh, older male is is running most clubs in this country, and uh, their views on mental health, whatever they might say. Uh, yeah. for it's social probably media the same as Edwin is, else's were 10 15 you know, years ago yeah less you know it's nice to hear all these uh, things but we want to start seeing those changes in in how actually clubs run yeah 100% um just going back to what you were saying about like your own um sort of issues over the mm. the past year and stuff like i've been quite open since i started the podcast about 18 months probably nearly 2 years now um like i did a show with football journalist Phil Brown where we talked about grief we talked about how we both hadn't dealt with grief when we were younger um, and that led to kind of issues with depression and ad- addiction in his case it was painkillers in my my case it was drinking um, and like I use um, I hate social media if I didn't have a podcast I think I'd be <laughs> off it by now however I do use my personal Facebook page as like a kind of therapeutic thing whereby my personal Facebook page, if you go to it, it's private. But if you have friends with me on Facebook, you'll see, like, it is just me saying how I'm feeling, mm. whether it's good, bad, or indifferent, because it helps me just to get it out of my head and on paper, what would have been a year when I was younger, on paper, but it's just a different way of doing it. Um, so, like, obviously we're going to be telling the stories of these footballers and their experiences, but we have our own experiences in different forms of mental illness or mental health or uh, addiction and whatever it may be. Um, so it'll be interesting. And like I, I mentioned at the start in the intro that one of the things I want to do is educate people because whilst, yes, it's great that people's opinion of mental health is changing, it's still not where I want it to be what where it should be um, and I do think there's a lot of not just in sport in football in in general 
a lot of kind of lip service mm. where people say, oh yeah, let's be more aware of mental health. Um, let's be more kinder. And then that same person five minutes later is tweeting abuse at their favorite celebrity or least favorite celebrity um, or footballer or whatever it may be. Um, and I, you know, we'll delve into that a little bit. We'll delve into things like social media and, and media generally with these players. Um, one thing I was going to touch on, when um, obviously we've had uh, Keith Gillespie and David Cottrell on the Andy Campbell show, which is our live Monday football show. And um, obviously in those shows, we talked specifically about their football career and everything in between. This is going to be the, the basically their story of how their addictions or their mental health has kind of formed, developed and then been dealt with and then the aftermath of it um, along the way and it's going to be quite emotive it's going to be quite personal um, yeah we, we we hope it's not uh, some people have said to me about any sort of pocket oh I don't, you know i won't listen to that one because i'm not you know uh cardiff fan lots of that yeah we want this to feel like it doesn't matter if you like football or not it's no you know a group of uh people talking about mental health openly where there's no shame no guilt uh, where hopefully people can just go, this is me, uh, these are what I've struggled with, uh, hopefully you might get something out of this, um, and hopefully, the good thing about mental health, uh, it's great talking about it, but also there's some there is some amazing moments with experiences, there's moments of sheer uh, grief and loss and stuff like that, but with mental health, there's some there's some crazy things that happen. Like there's some yeah, real there's funny some, bits. I happen. guarantee there's some funny bits. Like, um, yeah, um, obviously what, we've we've already recorded one episode, should we say? And you know, even in that, there was a couple of moments where you have a little chuckle about incidents or things happening. Um, so it's not kind of going to be like this. Dark, yeah, like whoa, is me, and we're all going to be kind of like, oh, everything's like so hard done by. It's not about that. It's it's about educate. Um, not just educating people, but it's about telling these guys' story when they've had difficulties and they've had addictions or mental health problems and looking back on it, why did they start? How did they start? Could it's, could someone have intervened early on and steer them on a different path? You know, how did they eventually get to rock bottom? What was their rock bottom? You know who helped them. Who who did they hurt along the way? Who was the one that finally was able to get through to them? How many people tried to get through to them? There's there's so many aspects to these this side of this story, and I just think it's going to be really interesting. It's going to be fascinating to talk to these guys and and hear their stories. And yeah, um, definitely, it's just going to be a very interesting series. It's going to be amazing. It is. I'm. I'm looking really. I'm really looking forward to, you know, just seeing uh, people's reaction to it, and also just hearing these guys talk about their issues. Because even, like I said, going back, like about lip services, so many people say about mental health and stuff on social media. But let's 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 talk about it. Let's talk about it when it gets mm. awkward. Let's talk about it when we because those are the best conversations, aren't they? Those yeah. those are the best conversations. I, I always think with sort of podcasts or anything, you want. I suppose, as a host, you want people to feel like they're a little fly on the wall listening to this really deep yeah, or crazy, difficult conversation. 
and you want, you know, the best podcasts I listen to are the ones or where I feel like I'm involved in this real uh, private thing or I'm yeah. getting something out of it, like a bit of comedy and stuff like that. And, and the, the, the difficult thing with, with uh, I suppose, um, addiction and mental health is when we are struggling and in those deep uh, moments, there's things we do when we come back out of it and go, what the hell was yeah. I thinking? What did, oh, where yeah. did that come from? Where, you know, you know, what on earth yeah. was I doing? What was, yeah, those uh, difficult uh, situations and questions. Yeah, I used, so, to, yeah. I used to strip naked in the pub. That was I used to do that quite often. And that was that was before you were struggling, wasn't it? Yeah, that was just for fun. That was just used to do that for a laugh. Occasionally, I still do. No, I. Well, I'm saying like, uh, if you could like all my ten years working in the NHS on wards and in community, like if you could write a sitcom about some of the stuff, like. Oh, uh, you know, most stuff. of it's just the staff stuff like um <laughs> but yeah it'd be great so there's hopefully we're going to tease some great get, stories out of each guest absolutely you should get gervais to re- write that i think he could do a fantastic <laughs> job of writing that yeah uh, but yeah um and like i'll just finish off this little introduction uh episode just by saying if you are or your fat you've got a family member or a friend who is is battling addiction or is struggling with mental health issues just know you're not alone know that we're all in it together and you know you can get through it um, as a good friend of mine says keep on keeping on uh, i will drop links in the description to our social medias and stuff like that and also uh, the mind mental health charity as well and also subscribe to the youtube channel because that helps us lots as uh, we continue to try and grow uh, we'll be back next sunday for episode number one of ace podcast nation's mental health and sport series two jacob thank you very much mate cheers for having you see you next week i don't know you know actually it's a bit it's a bit of a strange one i think as as i've got older and i think as i as i mature or grow i think i like i said i i'd learn to accept things and like accept like sort of the issues i i have or, or have had um, and I, th- I think, sort of, uh, the sort of the world we live in now, we it's more it's more acceptable to sort of have the conversation. And I think over the years, I like don't get me wrong, I've, le- I've learned the hard way of being, of being able to talk about my experiences. But I've seen probably other people talking about it. Probably from an early age, I was always searching for perfection. The real problem for me became when. You know, you could get a bet on just over the phone, ringing up, yeah. and, and you know that side of things, you know, changing where you didn't have to, you know, physically go into bookies to get, to get a bet on. Other people are saying you're always happy and friendly when you're around me. Mm. It's kind of like, well, oh, okay, then because I was happy and friendly, you didn't mean that I yeah. was going home and li- I live with you, by the way, on a 24-hour basis. You know what I mean? It's kind of like you know, you knew what you were going to get from Gary Spade. You know, he was 100% and uh, a fantastic player. But um, certainly I, I remember when I heard the news, um, I was in Manchester at the time, and it was just one of them that you just, for days, weeks, months, ye- years even afterwards, you sort of still think to yourself, you know, did, did that really happen? Just before that, like when I was 13, 14, I knew I had like anger problems where I was always like, I was self-harm, where I'd, I'd smash my studs against my shins because I thought, well, I could always cover that, that up. You know, the gambling then, as I say, because of, you know, my circumstances and, you know, a new city and just the gambling became more and more. Um, and then when I when I 
got my first, you know, where I could ring up and, uh, and put a bet on. You know, back in October '95, I lost forty-seven thousand in, in one afternoon, um, and then the following day I lost another fifteen thousand. You know, so so sixty-two thousand in in two days. And you know, we're talking, you know, it's it's a, it's a lot of money, but. You know, back then it's even more. You know, because we're yeah. 20, 25 years ago. Explain to me, because like like you say, like PTSD, we normally relate to like sort of war, and because that's how you know that's how we've sort of seen it. And I felt like I was doing like PTSD a disservice by relating it to my experience. If that makes sense, I was a bit like, well. Like, like people, people have got it. They they've been to war, and, and I was like, I had like an allergic reaction on the pitch. Like, I was like, you can't really relate the two. <laughs> like, but um, so like, I felt like I was discrediting mm. like, the, the the term PTSD. Podcast Network.